And a welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could all be with me here on this Friday. Odd having Thursday off. Because tomorrow I got CBS Sports Radio. On Sunday, I'm doing the pregame for four hours. And it was just odd. I, 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 I'm splitting up my weeks, and I understand that. And so I, Thursday is my day off. I did something that I didn't think I would do yet, yet in life, where I took my daughter to like a, like one of the local like pitch and putt type places where no hole is longer than like 45 yards. And I just had her in the, had her in the stroller. I put the, the bag on the back, but really I just needed like a wedge and maybe a putter. All right, definitely a putter. Um, and, and by the way, it's funny how when you get like a bunch of holes that are 45 yards, you're like, oh, is this going to be my first hole in one? That's what I kept thinking. And then I'm like, I can't count that as a hole in one. But there are definitely people out there that would count it as a hole in one. Maybe we'll get to that discussion just a little bit later on. But I went and it was fantastic. And the golfing community, when you have a baby with you, I learned is very fantastic. It's like it blew people's mind. It's like, wait, there's a baby, but we're out here doing golf. How does this work? And it's like, no, it's okay. It's 45 yards. It's fine. And then like a bunch of old guys as I was leaving, be like, uh, they'd be like, ah, how'd she shoot today? Best round of her life. It was fantastic. Either way, it was a weird day. It was an odd day because I, it was like I went through like the normal routine that I have in doing a show. And then it got to the point where I would normally then leave for work to go then, you know, do the show. And then instead of that, I just stayed home with my daughter. So it was very weird, but it was very nice. And now I'm ready to talk a lot of sports with you guys. We are at that final point. I know everyone's like, oh, we had football to watch, and we'll talk a little bit about what happened last night, and we'll get into a little bit more with the Browns. This feels like we're at the very end, the very end of a long, long journey. It's like six months without Browns football. So we've gone through six months of storylines and conversations that are its so hard sometimes because nothing has changed, nothing at all. How many different conversations can you have? And trust me, we went through the gamut of all of them where you're, you're constantly coming up with new material and new things to talk about and new things to dissect and discuss, when in reality, all they did was just change players. Somewhat. It's the mystery attached to it all. That's what gets people hooked. That's what has me so hooked. I, I'm so intrigued to, how, to see how this whole season goes. I, I, just, I can't wait. I can't wait until Sunday morning. But it's weird because I, I still have, by the time we get to kickoff, I was thinking about this with Nick, because uh, Nick was leaving. I didn't tell it to Nick because I didn't want to bring him down. Uh, but Nick is now, Nick will not have any radio until we've seen the whole week one slate done. I will have 14 hours of radio until we get kickoff in week one underway. So for Nick, it's like I made it to the finish line. The, the off-season finish line, I made it through. Next time I get to talk to people on Monday, I will have seen and watched everything. And it will be awesome. While me, I'm like, wait a second. I I still got I got five months of backlog stories that I still have to go through and the question marks we still have to go through in order to find out the answers. And we're not really gonna have any answers until Sunday. There's a weird spot to be in. The very weird spot. I just admittedly, it's a very weird spot. But it was great to see games on last night, or rather game on last night. A couple weird things out of that broadcast. The way Tariko at the end saying with an asterisk, people got on him for it. I had the volume down. At that point, I was watching the other screen with the volume up so I could spend some time with my wife. And I was watching, you know, I had both dual screens going, right? That one had volume down. I was texting in a group chat with buddies. And I said, this win comes with an asterisk. 
and then Tariko clearly said the same exact thing I did. So I can't rip Tariko at all when I use the same language that he did. The family cam for Aiden Hutchinson's parents, very weird. That needs to go immediately. But from a football perspective, there are two things that stood out to me. This could be us on Monday. Where for 24 hours, people have just talked about how great Dan Campbell is and how good the Lions are. They are the talk of the town for the first night. This could be the Browns Sunday night into all day Monday and then into the following week if we take care of the Bengals. Have you looked around with the week one lineup? I mean, the Bills-Jets has taken up a lot of territory. That doesn't happen until Monday night, though. Look at some of the other games on Sunday. Yeah, there's some interesting ones. You know, Packers-Bears, for instance. Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. Vegas has it at about a one-and-a-half-point spread. They don't know how to truly call it. There's some interesting games. Of course there is. But there is none that, in my estimation, have a greater if Team X beats Team Y, it'll dominate the headlines in the same way that if the Browns take care of the Bengals, it will be the talk of the town. People will be talking about Kevin Stefanski the same way they spent talking about Dan Campbell. They'll be talking about Deshaun Watson the same way they spent today talking about Jared Goff. Can I? Can you believe that he looks so good? Yeah, I mean, we should have known that. We should have known it was coming. And then at some point, I'm going to have to tell you guys about Jared Goff from last year and a stat that will blow your mind. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. So that was the first thing. How awesome Sunday night and how awesome Monday will be and the following week when the Browns take care of the Bengals. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. It's going to be awesome. I want that same feeling that Lions fans got. As you looked in the crowd at Arrowhead, there were so many blue jerseys. There were so many blue everywhere. Detroit traveled for that game in a big way. We don't have to do that. Bengals are coming here. Plus, the colors are too similar anyway. Like Nobody would really notice the difference anyway. But we don't have to bother with any of that. You got it all right there in front of you. We can party down Euclid together, okay? I'll bring the uh, I'll bring the chips and salsa. James will have the beverages. It'll be a fun time. The other thing, though, and this is more on field than the first one. I hope everyone learned from that game that it doesn't matter who you are. You need playmakers at the receiver position. Even Mahomes. It's not his fault that Kadarius Tony turned into Anthony Schwartz. But bad players making bad plays happen. The fourth and 25 play off the hands late in the fourth quarter or even the third down play where the first down was dropped in the crossing route because the receiver just wasn't even looking at Mahomes as he threw the ball. You need someone. You need a security blanket. Right? Not every team can have the Bengals' weapons and be blessed like Burrow, but you have to give even the best of quarterbacks somebody that they can go to when the game is on the line. Amari Cooper needs to be Deshaun Watson's security blanket. I'm not saying you got to have every one through three with the wide receiver position be absolute studs and pro bowlers. You got to have somebody, though, when push comes to shove, when crunch time happens, that Deshaun Watson can get bailed out by. Patrick Mahomes missed that last night. Mahomes, if he had Travis, Travis Kelsey, unquestionably, not a doubt in my mind, wins that game. And Travis Kelsey on the sideline knew it as well. You could see him. He felt like he was a large human. Felt like he was maybe six inches tall watching that game. Now, there's nothing he could do about it, but he knew. He knew the way we all knew. If he was in that game, the Chiefs would have won it. No doubt in my mind. So I think that's got to be another takeaway. I've talked about receivers. 
until I'm blue in the face this offseason. I've talked about having enough with wide receiver weapons. That Mike Clay ranking from ESPN where he gave the Browns the 21st receiver ranking, was a, it was very worrisome to a lot of people. Now, I don't think he's taking into account how good Elijah Moore is going to be or how good, let's say, even David Bell could end up being. I don't know if you're a fan of him or maybe Tillman. Somebody's going to step up. Somebody outside of Elijah Moore is going to step up. But Amari Cooper is good for 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns every single season. He is the security blanket. He is going to have to be what Patrick Mahomes looks at with Travis Kelsey. Unquestionably, every team needs it. Josh Allen and the Bills went haywire last year. Not winning 13 games in the regular season, but in the postseason game, down two scores to Cincinnati. You look on the sideline, and Stephon Diggs was yelling at Josh Allen as if he just personally offended the man. Like it was a that once you lose your guy, once you lose your security blanket, it's over. You're toast. You got to have that person you rely on. It was never more evident in that game. Mahomes had nobody to throw the ball to. At often, often in that game, he looked around. He made a lot of players seem better than they were. That was the first game I've seen where Mahomes made some really impressive passes, and it still just didn't even matter. You got to have the guy you go to, the guy that can bail you out at any point. Mahomes didn't have it. Just a couple observations. All right, let's get to the Browns. I'm going to open talking about Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a talker. Jamar Chase might be Draymond Green without the rings. Jamar Chase has, in the past calendar year, chirped at, by my count, every team in the AFC North, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, and I'll cross-reference with the actual points of where he did it coming up in the next segment. The Bills, as well as the Chiefs. The man is going through his arsenal when it comes to trying to smack talk, and I'm a little worried that Browns fans took the bait. Like the cheese was sitting there on the mousetrap, and we all just got really excited. Like we just wanted that cheese so bad. We wanted the bulletin board material so bad that we just leapt to take it before we realized who put it there. Jamar Chase, all he does is talk, 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 talk. Here he was talking yesterday. And then we'll play Miles' response. Here we go. It's like a regular game to me. It don't feel no different. I mean, it's just the hooping and hollering about the Cleveland um, Browns. I was about to call them the Elves, but yeah. Are you tired of all the talk about Cleveland and how tough it's been for this team? Uh, I don't really hear it. If you ask me, I don't really pay attention to it because it's Cleveland, it's Cleveland. Uh, I look forward to the matchup that we have when we're facing them, but other than that, I don't really be caring. Do you think the Elf logo is silly? Uh, it's funny. It's just different, I guess. All right. I'm not taking offense to it. I'm curious what you guys think. 216-474-92. Do you like the two sides chirping at all? Miles Garrett got his chance to clap back. Here was Miles. Here we go. See, now that was disrespectful. He didn't have to go there. The L's part was, uh, uh, he, he knew better. And we might have to have a discussion before after the game. Maybe during if I see him. But, yeah, the L's a little bit too far. All right. 
I want to make sure you guys don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I want to make sure that you guys don't fall for Jamar Chase being a goober, okay? I want to make sure you don't fall for Jamar Chase just going out there and talk and talk and talk because I feel like I've, I've pinned on to what he's doing here. I don't think it's got anything to do with the Browns, but clearly, and talking to a lot of Browns fans, you guys seem to think that this is a personal and this is a direct attack. I'll explain what I mean. 216-474-0092. Does it bother you when Jamar Chase talks? And we'll also get into your expectations as the Browns are two days away from opening up the season. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on The Fan. Why do I want to talk about like the Browns with the Browns? My interpretation is that you know teams feel like the way the media looks at us is you know we've improved you know pretty much every year at least you know coming up we're turning in the right direction and they don't want to look at us like any differently than any other team but the way that some teams look at you know some of the more prolific teams like Kansas City or more of the historic teams like the, the Steelers they'll treat those games a little bit differently and so it's a little bit of a, a double-edged sword you know you want to keep those games the same but you know with some of those other guys you want to you know put them on a pedestal there's no right way to look at it but it's best to really just stay out of the, the situation because it's, it's really bulletin board material as much as you, you try to dial it back how do you feel about not being on the pedestal I don't care where <laughs> I just want to play ball. So, I mean, I, I don't really take offense to it, but you know, I will say I do have a sack on Jamar Chase. <laughs> I wouldn't mind adding to it. When he says, when he says I, uh, I, I almost called them the L's. Or, yeah. See, now that was disrespectful. He didn't have to go there. The L's part was, uh, uh, he, he knew better. And we might have to have a discussion before after the game. Maybe during if I see him. But, yeah, the L's a little bit too far. I mean, Miles, you're just, that's Miles Garrett right there talking about Jamar Chase. You're just feeding into it. It's all you're doing. You're feeding the beast. Don't understand. I, do I need to go down to Berea? I need to go down to Berea, don't I? And I just need to lay out for everyone what Jamar Chase's rap sheet currently is as it pertains to the rest of the NFL and talking trash. And I'm going to go beyond just Burrowhead and the obvious stuff that everyone knows. Everyone knows that he, you know... After winning three straight against Kansas City, wanted to rename Arrowhead Burrowhead, and at one point said that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. What else is he going to say? He's Joe Burrow's henchman. Of course he's going to go ahead and say that. What maybe gets under-talked about is the fact that he's talked trash about just about everybody. He's talked trash about Josh Allen and went after the Bills. He went after Minka Fitzpatrick and the Steelers, came after us multiple times. Roquan Smith with the Ravens didn't chest bump Jamar into next week because he was saying hello, nice to see you again. Roquan Smith and Jamar Chase had actual beef. The man is a talker. He has talked to, by my estimation, he has talked to every AFC North team, some evidence of trash, some on the field, some not, and then mixed with the Bills, mixed with the Chiefs. The man is just going after every single team. It's not hard. What's funny is that he's so new to the NFL, and because we only focus in on the feuds that directly involve us, I don't think a lot of people realize this is just what he does. It's like someone that robs banks all over the country. Ohio police have a different idea than Kentucky police, than what Kansas police would. But you look around, and all of a sudden, the FBI is like, wait a second. This guy's been robbing banks everywhere. He's been getting after a bunch of different fan bases every single week. I hate to put it this way. We're not special in the Jamar Chase sweepstakes, okay? He has picked on just about every team you could imagine. We're not special 
This should have come as the least surprising thing that came out of any of the conversations that we tried to have this week. And I'm here for it. Honestly, I am. I don't mind bulletin board material. I don't mind the back and forths. I don't mind any of that nonsense. I really don't. I think it's fun. It adds like a WWE factor to the games. You know, sometimes I do think that we t- we try to take the entertainment side away from sports. I hate the people that uh, just want to do nitty-gritty football all the time and want to go really into the details of it and then just completely ignore the other parts of it. And I'm guilty of it myself sometimes. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's fun both ways. Sometimes it's fun to really dive into the wide nine and go into different defensive schemes and discuss why and how. And then other times, it's fun to live in the mud a little bit. You know, it's fun to pull up. TMZ didn't get rich for no reason. Sometimes it's fun to hear people talk crap and then to bring that WWE element to the NFL. But when it comes to Jamar Chase, he's the boy who cried wolf at this point. I was talking to uh, Keith, you know, assistant program director here. And Keith, you know, before the show, we were just having a back and forth and told him I was going to talk about Jamar Chase. And and I want to hear you guys, by the way, 216-474-0092. Do you like the two sides chirping as we're two days away from getting this thing underway? And, I, you know, I'm talking to, to Keith and he's saying, well, should Browns fans look at this like, like this is street cred for us almost. Like this is credit for us being picked on by someone like Jamar Chase. No, he does it literally with everybody. I, I I didn't even search high and low. If I would have searched more teams, it literally was every team that I searched, I found something. I knew about the instances with the Chiefs. That was obviously a given everyone knew. I knew at one point he chirped at Josh Allen, but I looked it up and verified it. And then I was like, I don't know. No idea if he's actually done anything to the Steelers or the Ravens, but I bet I can find something on it. 30-second Google search. It's all right there. Minka Fitzpatrick, Roquan Smith, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Uh, What are we doing here? This is what he does. But we just don't put it together because I'm not in Baltimore. I'm not in Pittsburgh. I'm not in all these other spots dealing with the day-to-day. And I would imagine when Cincinnati ends up playing Pittsburgh or when they play Baltimore, if if Baltimore or Pittsburgh, they don't even have to be doing anything competitive. Hell, the Roquan Smith deal happened in a game that was a 17-point difference that didn't really ultimately matter for anything. But if it if it ends up in that type of situation, I bet he's going to chirp. I'm building up this theory in my head, and I might be wrong about it, but I'm building up this theory in my head that Jamar Chase is just Joe Burrow's henchman. You know, Joe Burrow's got this like squeaky clean image. He looks like the kid from Home Alone. You know, he's got the nice haircut. He always, he's got a little bit of the rough on the edges type style to himself, but he also has that, uh, like, manufactured by an NFL commercial prototype for quarterback, where it's like, if we could put him in, if we just draw him up in a lab and then have him come out, Joe Burrow would be the answer. You know, he's clean cut for the most part. He, he looks like a traditional quarterback, and he just, you know, he fits the mold, so to speak, right? Fits the mold. Well, you can't mess with your sponsorships if all of a sudden you fit a mold of being the clean-cut quarterback, but then you're jawing every other minute. It doesn't work that way, right? 
There's a point of being a football player, and there's a point of being something beyond a football player to a lot of these people with the big ad deals. Jamar Chase is just like, hey, listen, I'll say anything to anybody. Let's do it. The theory I'm building up is that Jamar Chase is speaking what Joe Burrow wants to be saying in addition to what Jamar Chase co-signs. I think there's a part of him that if Joe Burrow wants to to smack talk the Browns, Jamar Chase is the one to deliver that message. And Jamar Chase has to be the guy in the locker room. This is where he's a leader. He has to be the guy in the locker room to go ahead and make those comments to either light a fire up under somebody or to get the whole team feeling like, hey, we got this big game, this big game we got to get up for. You know, it's, it's the good problems that we'll have to go down and discuss at some point. Some point when Deshaun Watson has made it to back-to-back AFC title games, the way the Bengals have, we're going to have to have an argument about how do you get up for week one? How do you get excited for week one of the season? How do you get excited for week seven? How do you get excited for week 12? How do you get excited for week 14? I know, I know. It's the the most privileged of privileged problems that an NFL team can have. But how do you make sure you don't sleepwalk through the year? And how do you make sure that you don't sleepwalk until it's too late and then all of a sudden you don't have your ticket into the postseason? Like I heard Grant Delpit earlier today. Grant Delpit was on Afternoon Drive. Listen, I love what Grant Delpit had to say. I think it's right more than it's wrong. But listen to what he had to say, and then I'll go into the idea that we were just talking about. Here's Grant Delpit, Afternoon Drive. Yeah, we're going to go out there and take care of business, man. If you need extra motivation in this league, then I feel like you already lost, you know? If that's going to motivate you, a guy talking about, you know, our logo, whatever it is, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, we got a dog mentality, man, so we're not too worried about people comments. You know, we're going in there with a chip on our shoulder ready to go. You know, the funny thing about life is that you might say to yourself, oh, it's the NFL. If you need extra motivation, then you don't belong in the NFL. Grant Elbert, you haven't played in back-to-back AFC title games. You haven't played in big-time moments that way. You haven't. Played with a lot of the people that played in big-time moments at LSU, sure. But you haven't. If Grant Elbert had played in back-to-back AFC title games, week one, a week one that we're treating like the Lions did last night against the Chiefs. I listen to a lot of Detroit Sports Talk Radio. It's got our buddy Mike Valeni, who is on uh, from 7 to 8 here. I like him a lot. And Valeni was talking about how, uh, you know, this is uh, almost as good as winning the Super Bowl. That was the conversations out of Detroit. Almost as good as winning the Super Bowl, and you should have heard him yesterday. Yesterday he was saying if they had won that game, it would feel like the Super Bowl because it was the most important Detroit sports victory in 20 years. That's how a week one regular season game against the reigning Super Bowl champs felt that big. Now, obviously, there was reasons why that game felt that big. If you beat the Chiefs, then you feel like you're doing something right. If you beat the Chiefs, then you're trending in the right direction. It's a good long-term approach to it all, yes. But ultimately, for Chiefs fans, do you feel like Chiefs fans looked at that game and thought to themselves, this is the end-all, be-all? I have a buddy of mine that does radio in Kansas City. Here's a perspective on how jaded you can become, not only as a sports fan, but how it can carry over into people that have continued to have success. Got a buddy of mine that does radio in Kansas City. Last year, he's not a sports guy, by the way. Doesn't do sports. Doesn't do sports. Need to make that clear. Last year, he got offered AFC title game tickets. And because he'd been to so many of them, because Burrow's been to five straight, because he'd been, or uh, sorry, Mahomes had been to five straight, he said he'd rather watch it from his TV. He didn't want to deal with the traffic. He didn't want to deal with going down to the stadium. Didn't want to deal with it. What? 
an AFC title game? Meanwhile, I was reading a Reddit forum the other day, and there was this Eagles forum. They were talking about, I don't know how I got stuck on the Eagles Reddit forum, but I did. And they were talking about how uh, ticket prices were so expensive and ticket prices were so crazy. And this one guy was like, yeah, I paid for my 2023 tickets with selling last year's NFC conference game. That's how expensive it ended up getting. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I get it. Because there's a lot of demand for Eagles conference title game tickets. Like it's still, even though they won five years ago, it's still new. It's still fresh. It's still, it still means an absolute ton. The more success you have, the less the other games truly do take over your everything. You know, I, I don't disagree when Jamar Chase says this game means more for the Browns than it does for us. Bengals started two and three last year. They know they can ease into the season a little bit more than we can because they know they have the goods. I believe we have the goods as well, but they don't have to go full gas the way that we do. We got to get out of the gate hot right away. For the Stefanski Watson era, we got to get this thing running. But I want to hear from you. 216474 to below 92. Do you like the two sides chirping? And is Jamar Chase in the wrong for speaking out the way that he did? But first, it's always game day in Cleveland. Is more than just the name for our special podcast. Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder explain every angle of the football season through two fresh episodes and a special post-game edition each week. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app, sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. All righty, back in here on The Fan. We do got the fan focus coming up at 9 o'clock. Meanwhile, I'm just refreshing an ESPN scoreboard page as I'm trying to watch the Fighting Illini versus the Jayhawks. But I have Spectrum, and we have Spectrum here, and it's a hard time. My brother in blackout solidarity. How you feeling? You know, you're part of the club? <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot we talked about that last week. That's right, we did. Can I tell you a little secret? Hit me with it. All right, so I called them on Thursday, okay? Ooh, called them on Thursday. Well, I, I just said, I said, you know, I, I'm a loyal customer. I love you more than I, 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 I love cable. I don't want to cancel cable. I love cable. And I have my internet through them as well. Like, I love you. You guys give me a good deal. You're great people. I want to be with you. But we've got to do something about this ESPN thing. And obviously, they'd heard a bunch of complaints already, right? So I knew going into it, they were going to be, they were going to be armed and ready to go. And uh, ultimately what happens, so you can just call them up and just say the same thing I said in a five-minute conversation. They ended up giving me a $15 credit to my account. And I'm not saying I, like, you know, broke the bank when it came to Spectrum, but it's 15 bucks, And 15 bucks goes, you know, goes a little bit of a ways these days. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it was a, a no joke. I'm not kidding. It was a five-minute phone call. They knew exactly what I wanted to complain about. They knew exactly what I was looking for, and uh, yeah, 15 bucks. Go ahead and do it. So I used to work customer service for said Spectrum. Oh, yeah, okay. And if it only took you five minutes to get to 15, yeah, you yeah. might have been able to get a little more. You think I left some on the table? I, they seem pretty adamant, like, this is the going rate. Like, we got a lot of people that call in. It will give you the 15. Well, at first they said 15, and I said oh, geez, really, I mean, I pay almost $200 a month. Like, 15 is all you can do here? Like, I only, I really only have cable for the live sports and ESPN. And they're like, yeah, 15 is what we've been doing. 
And I, <laughs> they said it in such a way that I was like, you know, okay, all right, it's fine. Maybe next month I'll call back a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, 15 is 15. It sounds like there's no progress made, by the way. It sounds like we're in this one for the long haul. And I don't know what I'm going to do for Monday Night Football. But if the Jayhawk versus Fighting Illini game is any indication, I have no way of watching that on that on my computer because I can't find those sites that everyone talks about. Oh, I got you, baby. Just text me. I got you. I, I need this. I need this Jayhawk Illini game. So if you can help me out with that one, and then we can kind of maybe go back and forth here a little bit. And you know, there used to be a time where you get in trouble for talking about these type of things on the air. But honestly, I'm 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 out of I'm out of answers. I I've got nothing right now. I imagine Monday Night Football. More people will be talking about it because more people are invested than a random game on ESPN two. But We'll get there when we get there. So anyway, yeah, you helped me out. I I gave you the fifteen dollar uh, little deal. You know, I, you know, it's nice. One hand washes the other. Are you gonna do it now? You need to at least do it. No, I'm not gonna. Nah, You're not I, calling I, up I'm, for I'm fifteen bucks. I'm definitely gonna call for my fifteen. For yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get like twenty five. Now the now the goal is to see how much we can get. All right, you let me know if you get anything more, and then I'll call back and I'll complain if you get anything more. There we go. But right now, that's like two Chipotle bowls, man. That's great. Fantastic. All right. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Hope you guys are all enjoying yourself tonight. We are talking about Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase just talks. That's all he, he just talks. It's not really a big deal. It's just who he is. He has started feuds with the Ravens, with the Steelers, with the Browns, with the Bills, and with the Chiefs. The man likes to talk. It's all right. It's who he is. I've got no issue. With him being the one to talk to the Browns, considering he's very, very good, and if anybody could talk to the Browns, not named Joe Burrow, it would be Jamar Chase. Honestly, we're talking about the people that are most responsible for them being in back-to-back AFC title games. Jamar Chase is the second answer on that list. They got good defensive players. I like Evan McPherson a whole bunch. T. Higgins, we'll talk about your contract status a little bit later on. They got a lot of really good players. There's no doubt about it. Jamar Chase is number two for why the Bengals are the way they are. So he can talk. And he's doing a lot of it. That's why I'm not letting it get me mad. But when he makes the reference of the idea that this game means more for the Browns than it means for the Bengals, I can't get mad at the man. He's just speaking the truth, is he not? Is there anybody out there that really thinks that this week one game for the Bengals means more to them than it does to us? You see, the difference here is that, and this is where Jamar Chase about a month ago said that Joe Burrow could miss, you know, the first five weeks of the season and they'll still be all right. They've seen themselves Houdini their way out of really bad situations. Starting two and three last year, a lot of that was because Zach Taylor didn't understand that you shouldn't run the ball with Joe Mixon 27 times in a game. That happened for the first two weeks of the season last year. Was not pretty for Cincinnati. But once they put together that, you know, having one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL probably should be used, started winning games. Like, in droves. And I feel like Jamar Chase is living with the impression that if they need to go 11 and 6, or 12 and 5, then they got five or six bullets to play with. They got they got some room for error when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Whereas Browns fans, we're not thinking that way right now. We have no room for error. Yeah, we can talk about having five or six bullets, and that's right. You can lose five or six times this year. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's amazing what you can do in the NFL. You don't got to win every game. You don't have to win every game. But it's imperative that we start out this game and this season 
fast, especially with the AFC North and the stretch that we have. By the end of our game number five, we're taking on San Francisco. We will have taken on four out of five teams that many people believe are going to be in the postseason. It's not easy. Tough putt to start out. So there's a lot of room to solidify ourselves. There's a lot of room to uh, put our stamp down and make sure that the rest of the NFL knows that we're here and we're here to stay. But when Jamar makes those comments, he's not wrong. I think he talks an, an awful lot, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong in the sense that game one does mean more for us than it does for the Bengals. And I know, I, I played that clip for you guys of Grant Delpit earlier today. Grant Delpit talking on afternoon drive and, and discussing the idea that, you know, hey, we don't need motivation. You, we play in the NFL. That's great. That's fine. The cool thing about life, though, is that at some point, you, you become numb to just about everything. I'll never forget. Listen, I'm doing CBS Sports Radio on uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I had the day off yesterday, so I'm getting my days already confused, right? I'm on tomorrow night in CBS Sports Radio, 5 to 10. Now, I did network national radio before I got here, so that wasn't anything new. But doing national radio for an audience of CBS Sports Radio was new to me, okay? Different audience. I have different people listening. I'm on in some pretty big-sized markets, right? And the first time I did CBS Sports Radio, now listen, I've been doing radio at that point for a decade, so I've been doing it for a while. But you do feel a little bit nervous, right? That's good. It's good to be nervous. Nervous means you care, right? And I, I remember that little pit in the stomach. And I remember thinking to myself, Jonathan, you're a pro. You've done radio for a long time. Just do the thing, you know? Maybe one segment, maybe two segments, something like that. little pit in the stomach. You're watching your words a little bit more. When I go in tomorrow, there'll be no difference to me in doing that show, as opposed to doing this show, as opposed to if they told me to go do a podcast for a family of squirrels. There's no difference. Zero difference. You could, you could take me to the highest ranks you want to take me, and you could put me in the biggest spots. It's not going to phase me. I'm jaded to the whole experience. Now, I love it. I love it. I have fun doing it. But the idea that there's like a spot too big, like, no, once you go so high, it's tough. It's tough to then be like, oh, Okay, let me get really pumped up for this podcast for a family of squirrels. Like, no, you're you just you just do it at your job. You know, same thing with this. Jamar Chase played in back-to-back AFC title games. The man played in a Super Bowl. He played in a Super Bowl in front of 50 Cent and P. Diddy. Like, what? Evan McPherson went off into the 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 seats to go watch the 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 stupid halftime show. Like, incredible. I call it stupid. It was one of the best halftime shows we've ever seen. I was getting a little exaggerated there. It was a great halftime show. Although in the studio, in the uh, in the actual stadium, they said it was very hard to hear, oddly enough. But it looked fantastic. 50 Cent came out of nowhere, too. Remember that? It's crazy. Ed McPherson just on the bench, just watching. Like, what? You do become numb to these type of things. And games do matter more for some teams than other teams. They just do. That's why if you make it to the Super Bowl a multitude of times in a five-year stretch, you're used to it, you're more comfortable. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been to three in the previous five years. Last year, I've never seen him look more comfortable. Knew what he was doing, knew what the week was about, knew what he had to do to take care of family obligations, knew how to lock in. A lot that comes with that type of stuff. A lot that comes with that type of stuff. I want to play this audio for you guys. Dax Hill. Dax Hill on Afternoon Drive earlier today, uh, talking to Nick and Dustin. This This is wild. This is wild. Listen to this. 
Obviously, he's a division opponent, so we want to take it serious. And then I feel like the last few years, there's been some tension. And so we try not to look at it because we know we go come out with the victory. You know, that's always our uh, mentality, you know, in terms of just divisional games. So we try not to look at it like that and just, you know, see it like another opponent. I got to give you the opportunity. Can I get you to make a guarantee for Sunday? Oh, yeah, we get definitely guarantee a dub for sure. All right. For All right. sure. Look at that. Look right at now. That. Yeah, I mean, Bengals players are guaranteeing dubs. Our player, Grant Delpit, isn't going as far with good reason. If Grant Delpit says it, then it's stupid. If Dax Hill says it, then it's expected. That's how the NFL looks at us right now. And that's okay. We haven't earned it the same way. I would hope, people all up in arms over this Jamar Chase comments, I would hope we get to a point where one day we're like, yeah, okay, so week one is fun because it's the kickoff to the NFL season. But week one isn't living or dying. Week one isn't the end-all, be-all. Week one isn't doomsday or we're partying down Euclid. None of that. That's a spot we want to get to. That's what I think matters the most. And Cincinnati's gotten there. Jamar Chase can speak that speak. He's been doing it an awful lot, but he can speak that speak. All right, hey, guys, follow the Browns on the Odyssey app to get all the audio from 92.3 The Fan pushed right to your phone. Plus, if you miss anything from our live shows, check out the chapters labeled by our producers so you can search for the segments that you want. Make sure you download the Odyssey app to follow the Browns all throughout the season. We come on back. We'll hit you with the fan focus. We got off the beaten path in the 9 o'clock hour as well. A ton to get to. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan.